chapter 30, and we're going to read a few verses here in this chapter, beginning with verse number 22, Exodus chapter 30 and verse uh, 22. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus, two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia, five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil olive and hin, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after uh, the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil, and thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table, and all his vessels, and the candlestick, and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, with all of his vessels, and the laver, and his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever, whatsoever touches them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be and holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. Amen. Just want to talk to you a few minutes this morning. Last Sunday morning, we talked about uh, creating an atmosphere of faith here in our church, where we have an, an expectancy of God's presence and that God is going to move, and uh, an expectancy of His power being manifested uh, among us. And, this morning, I want to talk to you about the anointing that we need, the anointing that we desperately need in our lives. Who needs to be anointed? Well, all of us need the anointing of the Spirit of God upon our lives. Every preacher, every teacher, every Sunday school worker, every mom, every dad, really, it doesn't matter what you're calling or your responsibilities are, you need the anointing of the Spirit of God upon your life. And God commanded Moses to make a, a compound, a mixture of different items, and uh, by a very detailed and prescribed recipe, how to make this anointing oil. And so he he told him um, 15 pounds of pure myrrh. Pure meaning that it was, it was fresh or new and fresh 
flowing, free flowing, pure myrrh. It was to be made of cinnamon, seven pounds of cinnamon. Cinnamon was not from that region at all, uh, Palestine. It was brought in by travelers, uh, caravans, so it was very expensive. Uh, it came probably from the islands of the Indian Ocean, transported, meaning it was very valuable and very rare. Sweet calamus also was very rare to that area, and so it had to be brought in from, from foreign countries like India, these sweet uh, spices that would be brought in. Cassia of 15 pounds, olive oil of six quarts. And all of this mixture was specified by the Lord, given to Moses, and he said, make this compound and mix it together, and it will, it will become a holy anointing oil, because it is God's recipe. God designed it. And I think if there's anything that we need to know about uh, the anointing, and this was symbolic of the anointing of the Spirit of God that was to be uh, upon everything. Notice that uh, in the text here that he said, put it on, anoint every piece of furniture within the, the tabernacle. Everything that, that was a part of tabernacle and temple worship, all of it had to be anointed with this holy anointing oil. And everyone that was going to serve inside of the tabernacle, Aaron and all of his sons and all the priests, they were to be anointed with this oil. Psalm 133 talks about uh, that oil that was poured upon the head of Aaron. It, poured, it, it was poured upon his hair, came down upon his beard, then flowed down uh, upon the garments that he was wearing, which really symbolizes the fact that the oil was something that was to completely uh, saturate the priest so that everywhere he went and carrying on the ministry that he was carrying on, the aroma of that oil was going to be uh, evident. And, um, uh, and uh, it, was, it was to be inside of that temple, inside of that tabernacle, and upon all of the furniture and upon everyone who ministered within the temple. As I said, this oil... Uh, was symbolic. It is a picture of the anointing of the Spirit of God that is to rest upon every one of our lives, and it's available for every one of us. Now, you may ask, well, how? Uh, how can I receive the anointing upon my life? Well, since God uh, is the source, and since God gave the recipe for the anointing, then we need to seek Him. We need to turn to Him with our whole heart and call upon the Lord and wait upon the Lord uh, for this uh, blessing, this touch of God, this favor of God. Now the anointing is not what you might think. Anointing is not necessarily the loudest person in the building. The anointing is not necessarily the most emotional person in the building. The anointing is something that comes from God. And when his hand is upon a person or on a church, 
then it becomes evident. Now, there might be an emotional response. There might be some volume involved, obviously. There may be all kinds of physical reactions to it. But don't mistake all those things for the anointing. The anointing is the gift of God. It's the blessing of God. It's the power of God, whereby we are able to accomplish the things that God wants us to be able to accomplish. Amen. The anointing is also a wonderful gift whenever you're in a spiritual battle that you can see your enemies defeated by the anointing of the Spirit of God, Isaiah 10 and 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away. And it's talking about the, the yoke or the burden of the Midianites and, and how that they were under the harsh uh, yoke of the Midianites and Isaiah is saying, saying, it shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Praise God. Amen. So if you're in a spiritual battle, if you're up against it, if you're struggling in some spiritual warfare, the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon your life will give you the power uh, to win the victory over the enemy who wants to destroy your life. If you're under the yoke and the attack of the enemy, you need the anointing of the Spirit of God upon your life. Not only is the anointing a blessing uh, from God whereby we are able to see yokes broken and victories brought, but according to 1 John chapter 2, in verse 27, this, this anointing is something that abides with you or it's, uh, it's upon your life. Uh, that it's not just in church, but it's something that can be with you uh, and can stay upon you all the time. Amen. And it's a wonderful gift, First John chapter 2. Uh, but if the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now this verse is not saying that you don't need to be taught or that training isn't important or being taught isn't important. We know that it is. But I have to tell you that there is a higher training and there is a wisdom and an ability and a knowledge that comes that you can't learn in a book. You can't learn it in the classroom. It's something that you glean from the presence of God and from the Spirit of God and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Many of you may have known, like I have known of preachers in the past, like an old pastor that I had growing up. He had a third grade education and so academically, he didn't have a lot of uh, training, and he, but he was a person who studied the Bible. He was a person that spent hours in prayer. When he got up behind the pulpit, you knew it. You could feel it. It was obvious. The hand of God was upon this man's life. And he may not have had the, 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 the best of education, uh, but he, he prepared himself by studying God's word and time in the presence of God and the anointing of the Spirit of God rested upon him and was able to use him to do some wonderful and mighty things. Some of you may have known of instances like that. 
the anointing that can give divine wisdom and divine insight and divine ability uh, that you would not naturally have. Oh, how we need this kind of anointing in this hour right now. Amen. We can't lean on the arm of the flesh. We can't lean on what we think we know about what needs to be done. We need the anointing of the Spirit of God to rest upon our lives. Amen. First John chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, But ye have an unction, that word unction from the Greek is the exact same word for anointing. It actually means to smear on, just like something was being anointed. The word unction means to smear on. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Oh, how we need an unction from the Holy One. The touch of God, a divine ability to know what we could not know and speak what we would not know how to speak and, and declare the truths that need to be spoken. Amen. It's one thing to preach. It's another thing to sermonize. And, uh, and most anyone can do that. But what we really need is a word from God. What we need is divine direction. We need to hear the word of the Lord and hear from him. Hear from the heart of God. And that unction comes from the Lord. An unction from the Holy One. Amen. Now David, King David was actually physically anointed three different times. And you remember the account there in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 6. The Bible says that, that the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. This, and he was talking about David. And he went to the house of Jesse and uh, uh, directed of the Lord to go to Jesse's house and and he looks at all of these other seven young men who are older, who are taller, who seem to be the most qualified and, and the most able uh, to do it. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when he saw the eldest, he said, this must be the one. This must be the one. He's impressive looking. This must be the one. But go down the seven and the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, nope, not any of these, none of these. And he speaks to Jesse and says, is there another? Is there no one else in your family? Well, you're, there's, there, there's our eighth son. He's the youngest. He's out there taking care of my sheep. And, and um, I guess of all of the eight sons, he was the least physically qualified. He was the least mature to the point of, of the one that would be the one that men would choose. But the Lord uh, spoke to Samuel and said, this is the one, this is the one, arise, anoint him, for this is he. This was the anointing of God's purpose. He didn't see the reality of his kingship for quite a few years. A few years later, uh, he is anointed the second time. Uh, and the men of Judah, they anoint him. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 2. The men of Judah came and they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David saying that the men of Jabesh Gilead were they that buried Saul. So at the burial of Saul, the death and the burial of Saul, then the, the men of Judah decided it's time to anoint David as king. But it's still a number of years 
uh, before David is actually anointed to be king over all of Israel. But then in 2 Samuel 5 and 3, it says, So all the elders of Israel came to the king to, in Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over all of Israel. So first, he's anointed in his father's house uh, for God's purpose for what is going to be. Then he's anointed king uh, of Judah, uh, which was a partial uh, uh, kingship over that region. And eventually then, some years later, I think total, it's something like six years or eight years before he is king over all of Israel. Three different anointings that David has, all signifying that he's the chosen one to be the king of Israel. But then years later, David, in Psalm 92 and verse 10, he writes this in, in this psalm, but my horn shall thou exact like the horn of a unicorn, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. This is David years later, and after three different anointings, uh, uh, signifying that the Spirit of God was upon him, uh, the very first time that David was anointed, he was anointed there in his father's house, and the Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon him from that day forward. The Spirit of God was upon him. But here he is years later, and he said, I will be anointed, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Yes. And so David was simply saying, I've been anointed three times, and now all these years later, in my latter years of my reign, and he reigned 40 years, and that David said, I need to be anointed again. I need to be anointed with a fresh anointing upon my life once again. And so the anointing, of the Spirit of God upon our life is something that is to be a continuing work of the Spirit, a continuing work of the Spirit of God. Now, the, the wonderful thing about the anointing, if the anointing is in a service, a church service, and you sense the anointing, even those that don't know the Lord, even those that, are, that don't hardly even know what's going on in the service, they sense the anointing. They recognize the anointing the touch of God upon the preacher or the spirit of God upon the worship. They recognize the hand of God at work in a church service. The anointing is unmistakable. It's real. It's evident. It's something uh, that uh, it's becomes very obvious. And even those that uh, may not even know the Lord, they'll just, their response will be something like, well, I don't know what was going on, but I... I that was something real. I felt that. Or that was, that was something that was real and evident that, that something was happening that I can't explain. Well, that was the anointing of the Spirit of God upon that place and upon that service. And that's the anointing that we need. Amen. We do not need church just to go in a normal routine. We don't. There's nothing. I'm all for organization. I'm all for order. I think there should be order even in our worship. There needs to be order. I understand that, uh, that uh, there's a place uh, for that, but there has to be a balance because we also need the divine direction of the Spirit of God. 
we should always be open to a divine interruption of the Holy Ghost uh, whenever we come together because God knows the people that have come into that meeting that you don't know about. He knows the struggles that some people are facing that nobody knows about, but the Holy Ghost knows about them and he can speak and he can move and he can direct in a service and you can uh, you realize the hand of God was at work in that meeting. Many times over the years, um, I've noticed a song service would go uh, like the songs that were chosen and throughout the entire service, sometimes the testimonies and uh, the preaching and everything, it's like it all fit together uh, so perfectly that God had designed it. Oh, isn't it wonderful when that happens? It's wonderful when that happens. So we need the anointing even in the preparation for church in the preparation for services and meetings. Oh, we need the anointing as we pray and seek God for God's presence and power to be upon what's going on uh, in our church services, in our ministry. Amen. Notice that, uh, that this was made, this anointing was made by God's design. It was God who was the source of the anointing. So if you want the anointing, Ask for it. Seek God for it. Stay in the presence of God. Ask the Lord. Oh, I can tell you, I've been many, many times over the years when I would feel just kind of a dryness and an emptiness in my soul and my spirit, kind of a desperation. And, and I knew I had to get with God. I had to get alone. I had to get in the presence of God. I had to spend some time in the presence of God and wherever that was, if it was here in the sanctuary or it might be even in the car driving down the road, I had to get in the presence of God because there was a dryness and a leanness in my spirit and I needed a fresh outpouring, a fresh unction, a fresh anointing of the Spirit of God. Amen. It says in this text that it was to be a holy anointing oil. It was holy. It was not like anything, not something to be treated carelessly or, or um, without, without reverence, but instead to recognize uh, that this is the presence of God. I think parents, we need to teach our children how important it is to, uh, to, uh, uh, to wait in the presence of God, to not be distracted, to not be, you know, to be entering into you know, to foolishness and things that uh, would hinder the moving of the Spirit of God, but uh, that uh, even young children can learn how to wait in the presence of God and to sense the presence of God because it is a holy anointing, a holy anointing. It's a sweet presence. It's unexplainable to the world, but it's something precious and wonderful to the people of God. And whoa, oh, how we desperately need this anointing of the Spirit of God upon our life, amen. Everything, every piece of furniture, everyone that served in the, in the, in the temple, in the tabernacle, all of them were, were anointed. And uh, that's why we need, to, we need to be reminded of the fact that uh, everything we do, it may seem like your work is common and, and mundane. Sometimes when you're working with little children and and uh, some of the, it just seems like, you know, uh, you don't feel like God's involved in it all that much. You feel like you're just kind of, you know, herding cats sometimes. 
And, uh, uh, but oh, you need the anointing when you're teaching those little three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds. You need the anointing of the Spirit of God. They can feel it. They can sense it. If you pray it through, oh, they need it. Every part of our service, our worship, our work, our ministry at all. Oh, how we need the anointing of the Spirit of God. You know, we need the anointing upon our testimonies. We need the anointing upon even our offering time. Amen. We need the anointing of the Spirit of God upon every part of our meeting. God, bless us with your anointing. Oh, how we need it. And then it says it would be upon every generation. Amen. We love to talk about the way God has moved in the past, the old timers and how, they've, how they worshiped and how that they entered into the presence of God. And oh, those were the good old days. But folks, you can't live on the good old days. This generation needs the, a move of God for ourselves. We need a move of God for now. Amen. It's fine to tell the stories of the past, to give encouragement, to, uh, but we can't live on the past. Whenever we, um, we, uh, we use this uh, anointing oil, uh, we anoint in prayer over the sick. Uh, some of you that uh, have ever, most of you probably have been anointed with oil before, uh, but uh, uh, I've noticed this over the years that olive oil doesn't last that long. It doesn't take long for it to get rancid. <laughs> I mean, it stinks. And you need, to, you need to get a... So just a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, uh, I went to Kroger and I bought a new bottle. A new bottle. And everybody says, praise God for that. And the little uh, vial here that Arlene brought from Israel to us, was that where we got that? From Israel? And uh, I emptied it out, cleaned it all out, and poured the fresh new olive oil in it a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Amen. So now you don't have to worry about your, your forehead smelling bad. <laughs> when you get anointed. Amen. Amen. We need, we need something that's fresh, free-flowing, pure. Pure and fresh and up to date for today, for right now. We need the anointing that is real. I've been around this all of my life. I have witnessed the hand of God in many church meetings. I have sat under anointed preachers of the gospel all of my life. And I'm grateful for all of that. But I know I can't lean on that. I know I can't depend on that. This is 2023. We need a revival for now. We need an anointing for now. We need an outpouring for now. All of our young people need to have the fresh touch of the presence of God in their lives. It's for every generation. Another thing that the text says is that there was not to be any compound made like it. Not to make anything like it. No substitute. No substitute. Don't try to mimic it. Don't try to substitute it. Amen. I know sometimes, you know, we can kind of get emotional in a church service. And uh, I know that music, I remember years ago, we went to a, a gospel concert. Uh, this was in St. Louis. And uh, the singers, it, it was the Imperials. You remember those, that old God, those, those singers? Well, they had the most beautiful harmony. And they got up on that stage that night and they said, we're going to, 
We're going to sing a, uh, just an old folk song that we thought that uh, everybody would like to hear. We're going to sing it a cappella. And they sang, Oh, Shenandoah, I long to see you. Is that the words? I long to see you. And I'm telling you, it was the most beautiful harmony that I think I'd ever heard. It was just, uh, I had goosebumps. It wasn't the anointing. It just was an emotional response to some really good singing. Amen. That's not the anointing. The anointing comes from God. Amen. It's the hand of God upon our lives. It's the spirit of God. It's not just emotion. Now you'll, you'll probably get emotional. Some people will cry and others will shout and others respond in different ways. And that's all well and good. But don't mistake your emotion for the reality of the anointing. Amen. There's no substitute. No substitute for the reality of the anointing of the Spirit of God. And then it's not to be poured upon anybody, any, any flesh. John chapter 6 and 63, it said, It's the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now I read to you from Psalm 33 where it was poured upon his head, it flowed down upon his beard, and from there down upon his garments. I've wondered about that because this said the anointing was not supposed to be upon his flesh, but it, pour, it was poured upon his head and his beard and flowed down upon his garments. And I think primarily his garments and his beard and his hair was saturated with the oil, but uh, it wasn't upon his flesh. It was upon the priest's garments. And, and those garments smelled of that great aroma of that anointing oil. And oh, that's what we need to have in our lives. That's what we need in, in the church. We need the anointing that's, that is just like a sweet aroma to the world. When they come into the house of God, they sense it. This is the presence of God. Something special and wonderful about the Spirit of God is not to be upon any man's flesh. Amen. Amen. It's not to glorify any person or any flesh, but to bring glory and honor to the Lord. The last part of that text that I read, it's not to be, it's not to be poured upon any stranger. The stranger was anyone outside of the Jewish nation. But for us, the strangers would be those who don't know the Lord, those that are unsaved. So the anointing is not for them. They need to get born again first. Born again of the Spirit. And, and then the, the anointing of the, the Spirit can come upon their life as well. And they can experience this wonderful gift and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So who needs it? You need it. Amen. Amen. You need it. Yeah, the preacher needs it. And the deacons need it, and the song leaders need it, and the singers need it. Everyone that's involved in the work of the Lord needs it. And every father and mother and every family and every, uh, every household, every home. Oh, how we need the anointing of the Spirit of God to rest upon us and, and uh, to move uh, upon all of our lives. If David was anointed three times, but yet later in his life... He said, let me be anointed with fresh oil. 
I need something fresh. I need something up to date, something new and real uh, for this hour. Then we need to pray that same kind of prayer. Lord, anoint me with fresh oil. Amen. Some of you have been filled with the Spirit for a lot of years, baptized in the Holy Ghost 10 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe longer, lots of years ago. But what about today? David said, I need fresh oil today. Anoint my head with fresh oil. And you need a fresh anointing of the Spirit of God upon your life. Amen. As we're in preparation and for revival, uh, we're praying, Lord, anoint us. Lord, anoint our church. Lord, anoint our ministry. Lord, pour out your Spirit upon every home, every household, every family, everyone, Lord. Fresh anointing of your Spirit upon our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of the anointing. It's this anointing that destroys the yokes. It's this anointing that gives to us the unction from the Holy One. It's this anointing that gives to us an ability to know and to understand things that we could never naturally know. Oh God, how we need this. How we need a fresh anointing of your spirit upon our lives. Lord, forgive us because we allow ourselves to become dry. We allow ourselves, Lord, uh, to, to relax and to not covet your presence in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to, to desire this more than we desire anything, Lord. That we can desire your hand upon our lives, your touch upon our lives and upon our church. Lord, in Jesus' name.